are so excited to introduce Jamie Margolin. Jamie is a devoted climate justice activist and organizer. He also founded Zero Hour, a nonprofit organization fighting for a livable planet for all. Hi, Jamie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. For sure. So, Jamie, how did you find the courage to start your climate action organization, Zero Hour? And could you briefly explain to us exactly what it is and why you started it? Sure. I mean, I had wanted to organize. So the reason why Zero Hour came to fruition is because um, of a youth climate march. So I had this vision of young people marching on Washington and all over the world for climate action. And this was um, back in 2017, you know, before the big climate strike movements and everything like that. And so I had this idea of like young people marching on Washington and young people um, descending upon places of power in, in, in large numbers to really show how much this issue is affecting us and how much urgent action is needed on the climate crisis. But um, I wasn't seeing that action being taken. And so for a while, I just kind of pushed the idea down. And eventually around the summer of 2017, I realized like enough is enough. I need to just take action and just start um, this, the movement that ended up becoming zero hour because so around that summer, there was wildfires that blew over the city of Seattle, where I live that covered us in a thick layer of smog that made it very difficult to breathe, which was the first time that had ever happened. Um, where I lived and then there was just constant climate disasters and hurricanes and all these things. And eventually all of these climate disasters were just building up. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take action. And so I did. Um, and that's really why, um, was kind of the catalyst to helping me start zero hour. And then after that, I posted on social media that I was going to start a youth climate March. And I asked, okay, who's with me? Um, and then I got a response from a girl named Nadia Nazar, Nadia Nazar. Um, and she responded, and then we started working and then I brought in two other people, Zanaji and Madeline, um, who started also working. And then we just kind of built this, this organization to organize youth climate marches. And then the summer of 2018 is when we had the youth climate marches in Washington, D.C. and 25 other cities around the world. And that really um, helped grow the youth climate movement to what it is today. So that's really, I guess, how I found the courage is really just I just kind of dug deep and said, you know what? if I don't do it, I can't count on like other people to do it. Cause I was just waiting for someone else to do it. But then I realized like I would just be waiting around for a very long time. I might as well just take the initiative myself. And so I did. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so could you tell us about your campaign vote for our future and its goals? Yeah, so Zero Hour is working in partnership with the National Children's Campaign, which is a partner organization of ours to um, launch and execute this campaign called Vote for Our Future with the uh, with the number four. Um, and pretty much what it is, is we are trying to get as many people to turn out to vote with the climate crisis as the number one issue in their minds. Um, and that's really what we're trying to do is we're trying to get people to vote thinking about the climate crisis. And so vote for the climate in the sense of find candidates and find people to vote for that are actually going to put the climate crisis first and are actually going to take urgent action on the issue. And so we are doing different um, campaigns and strategies. Um, we are doing like different voting registration campaigns. We also are doing a lot of digital events. Initially, we were going to go on a bus tour to register people to vote across the country. But because of the coronavirus, we can no longer do that. And so we're just turning everything digital. But pretty much, long story short, the Vote for Our Future campaign is a campaign to get as many people out to vote, especially young people, as possible to make sure that we put people in power both up and down the ticket that are going to put the climate crisis first. Yeah, for sure. 
And um, with all that's going on in America right now regarding racial injustice, where does that inequality show up when looking at the climate crisis? Well, um, the way that racial injustice shows up in the climate crisis is that climate change impacts marginalized communities the most. And so if you are someone who um, is of a race that has been historically marginalized in the in where you live, or you are someone who is also um, not, doesn't have, okay, let me, let me, let me reword it this way. If you are someone who is facing oppression economically, so if you are a poor person, if you're someone who is facing um, oppression racially, um, if you are someone who is just facing oppression in any way, um, people who are victims of different systems of oppression feel the impacts of the climate crisis the worst because the climate crisis and the corporations that cause this crisis are targeting communities that they feel that they can get away with exploiting. And so the vast majority of coal plants are built near and around black communities and neighborhoods. And that is not a coincidence. That is what people call environmental Jim Crow. It's a way of racialized violence because, um, these coal plants and pollution and all this stuff that kills people. So it is a form of systematic killing of different communities. Usually um, the people who feel the worst effects of the climate crisis live at the intersection of economic oppression and racial oppression. So if you are poor and a person of color, then um, that is a, a point where governments and corporations can really oppress and take advantage of those communities. Um, because if you are a, a very wealthy person, you can afford to like move away or have some sort of, economic power to potentially stop different projects and stuff. But if you are not someone who is wealthy or white, then um, corporations can get away with taking advantage of different communities. And this has happened again and again and again. Oftentimes, um, like what happened with the Dakota Access Pipeline, the fact that the pipeline was built in an indigenous community and not through a white community is something that is not a coincidence. The Flint water crisis, the fact that um, Flint, that, that, it, that what happened in Flint is also environmental racism and there are so many other instances of environmental racism and I would really encourage people to google environmental racism and do some research and just kind of understand that you cannot separate climate justice from social justice they're all one and the same oh yeah so we'll put a bunch of like links and stuff for people to go see um some of that Jamie just talked about and um so Climate change and the COVID-19 pandemic are often looked at as different non-related issues. Is this true? And if not, how are they related? Well, they are related in many ways. One is the sense that um, the climate crisis causes more pandemics. And so this is not to say that, you know, that COVID was caused by the climate crisis, but it is to say that if we continue on this path of the climate crisis, of destroying our world, of destroying um the environment, then there will be more pandemics and this will become a new normal because, for example, when the permafrost melts, so the permafrost um, is trapping a lot of bacteria and old viruses and bugs and stuff under, it's frozen. And so once that melts, then all of these ancient diseases that we have no idea how to cure will be released and then we will be facing potentially even worse pandemics. There's also um, with the warmer climates, tropical diseases are moving upwards. And so into habitats where the um, species don't know how to deal with those viruses or those pests, you know, the different bugs and viruses and stuff like that are moving up because as it gets warmer, they can kind of move. Um, and then that means that environments that are not meant to deal with those, with those creatures 
with that with that exposure, they are then exposed to these creatures, and then that that then causes, for example, more outbreaks, especially diseases related to insects, where insects are kind of like moving up in the world because now it becomes warmer in places where it was previously too cold for them to exist. Uh, there's a lot more mosquitoes, for example, and the diseases that mosquitoes carry moving up into places where they usually aren't. Um, and then there's also the other connection is that um, factory farming plays a role in that a lot of diseases and pandemics start because of our very unnatural and unhealthy relationship to animals and the world around us that when those boundaries are crossed and when they're, for example, in factory farming, they're very unsanitary conditions, very cruel conditions, and just very unnatural conditions. That's not how humans should be interacting with animals. And that's not how animals should be kept. But um, that also helps spawn diseases. So our animal agriculture and the animal agriculture industry is also releasing no, excuse me, is also releasing a lot of emissions. Um, so that also causes the climate crisis. And so there's just so many connections between disease and climate change that we have to be aware, like if we don't want another pandemic like this, then we have to really take this climate crisis seriously because it could cause more pandemics. Um, in terms of the coronavirus specifically, the government response to the coronavirus is very similar to um the government response, and I'm talking about the United States, the government response to the climate crisis in that uh, it was deny, deny, deny. And then once it became too late to deny, it was like, well, okay, let's take a little action. But it was too little, too late. And so many people died that didn't have to die. Uh, well, obviously no one has, obviously like the idea would be that no one would die, but I mean, a lot of the deaths that happened in this pandemic could have been prevented with earlier action, more immediate action. Like so many people didn't have to die. So many people didn't have to suffer. Um, but we're seeing all this unnecessary suffering because of government lack of response, because of government greed and corporate greed and all this stuff, because they put off, the American government put off dealing with this until it was too late. And so that's what they're doing with the climate crisis as well. And so we're seeing both of them play out where it's deny, deny, deny. And then once it blows up in your face, then it's damage control. But by then it's too late and it's too little too late. And so that's what's happening with the climate crisis. And that's what's happening with the coronavirus. So those are some of the connections. For sure. So your book, Youth to Power, is about youth-led organization and activism. Why is organization such an important skill to have and how do you obtain the greatest impact as a young person? Yeah, um, so I recently released a book called Youth to Power, Your Voice and How to Use It, which is a guide to being a young organizer for any cause. Um, and the reason why it's important, I think this book is the book that I wish that I would have had when I was younger, when I was first trying to get involved and try to organize and try to mobilize, but I just didn't know how. And so after doing this for several years, I interviewed a bunch of people, learned a lot and put it in the, all the knowledge that I had learned into a book so that people could um, at least have a beginning kind of outlined sense of what to do. Obviously, this isn't the end-all be-all. Um, you can't fit all of the knowledge of organizing into one book, but this is a start for people who really want to get involved but don't know how, and so that's why I wrote the book. Um, and it's really important for people to have the skills and tools that they need in order to take an action on, uh, in order to take action on an issue that they care about. So that is why I wrote this book. Um, 
And yeah, um, it's available anywhere books are sold. You can go to www.youthtopowerbook.com to order it um, in any format. And I just wrote it to try and help people um, who were trying to get involved but didn't quite know how to really learn about the different skills and techniques and um, aspects of organizing and activism, for example, talking about um how to organize events or how to use the media to help amplify a cause or social media activism or how to um, do direct action or how to kind of organize and create an organization. Like how is that process, how to fundraise all of these different things that are different aspects that people don't often, that people aren't often taught. I put it all in one book so that people could have that basic handbook. So that's really what the book is about. Wow. Amazing. And lastly, what are some ways that people around the world watching us today can take action and get involved with Zero Hour? If you would like to take action and get involved with Zero Hour, you can go to thisiszerohour.org or follow us on social media. It's just the at thisiszerohour for Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, And you can send us a message and we would be happy to help get you involved with um, however you want to plug into the movement. So that's really how you can get involved. Also, if you want to participate in our Vote for Our Future campaign, you can go to voteforourfuture.org to get involved and find the local... um, We'll find, obviously right now, nothing is in person because of the virus, but you can find the digital events that we are doing and take part in the campaign and register to vote. Awesome. Thank you so much for meeting with us, Jamie. Now that the conversation is over, let's take action. Go read Jamie's new book, Youth to Power. Check out Zero Hour's website, thisiszerohour.org, and check out all their social media at This Is Zero Hour for more information on what they're working on. And like she said, Go to www.voteforourfuture.org. It's just voteforourfuture.org um, to take action. So thank you so much for, for meeting with us, Jamie. It was amazing to talk to you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs>